With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, you miserable bastards, and welcome to yet another in a series of Jamie Coburnless Misery Hunters podcasts. I'm Matt Jardin, and I'm joined by Sam Smith. Hello, Jamie. And Craig Devine. Right. We uh, have one of the most banteriest banter performances in the history of Cinch Banter League, banter football games in the Banter League, banter, banter, banter to talk about. Um. And, and some other shite as well. So let's not hesitate. Craig, how was the Saints performance that you saw at the weekend? Well, it was fantastic apart from that last minute field goal attempt that bounced off both posts and scudded out. Now, um, I was down in London watching the, the other Saints gloriously fail at the last minute. Um, so pretty much just my experience of the, the real sense of the weekend was through the highlights that I could find online. So um going by the 30 seconds of the first half spread across five minutes of total highlights. I'm assuming that the staff itself wasn't great. No. Um totally, totally delighted though to see the the big I was going to say Baldy Shagger, but he isn't anymore, but the big Shagger Gogic back in the, the starting lineup. Short back and uh, sexy. Good to see him then. It looked, it looked to me, and you can obviously tell me from way off here, but it looked like a, a typical game that didn't really spark into life until until the first goal went in. So, Bacchus, um, it's also good to see 
grieve turning up for the game what five minutes prior to kickoff and <laughs> it had no well effect at all. But that was an interesting one, kind of watching watching the game go by on my phone. The emotions was kind of kind of as you would expect. So jubilant at first at the goal, gutted at the red card, then you elated again a second later with the miss. Right, I'm thinking, okay, if we can hold on for what was left when we scored maybe 20 minutes of the game, I think. So I let's right. hold on here. And then aye, then we concede and you're thinking, right, okay, happy with a point. And then I was racking my brain earlier on today, getting ready for this, trying to think, when's, when's the last time we scored such a late winner? Probably going to tell me it was about two weeks ago with the way this season's gone, but I can't can't remember the last time we did that. But um, now this is, I think it's one of these games that, on paper, or beforehand, you never think that Ron Livingston's going to be a cracker. And it sounds as if the first kind of 75 minutes wasn't at all. But even then, there's still some some good storylines there that I'm sure we'll talk about. You've got players coming back in for the cold to, to set goals up, put out a, a kind of depleted team and come out with a win. You've got a former player blazing one over the bar, which is always good. And how can I forget signing a, a new keeper that can also play up front? That's a, a good one as well. Yeah, there's just there's just so much. It just made me so happy to be at that game on uh, on Saturday. It's just the most I've enjoyed twenty minutes of football potentially ever. Just absolutely incredible. Um, we'll start at the we'll start at the start. A, a bit of an unexpected team line to come out. Uh, main dropping out with with injury. Um, strain not quite been fit enough to to make the starting lineup. So you had. Marcus Fraser shifted out to right wing back, um, with Gogic playing just um, just inside as the the wide right of the of the three centre halves. Just we've all we've all been pretty vocal. Oh, sorry. <laughs> just just before you go on, just contrary to kind of belief that does seem to pop up, that is the first time Marcus Fraser had ever 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 played right wing back, and not before like some people claimed they did. Back when people were suggesting it was a serious option to play there. I was going to say that we've all been pretty vocal about the fact that he's he's kind of wasted out there, and all his best football for us has been on the on the right hand side of a of a three or you know as a right back occasionally in a, in a four, but I think you have to hand it to him. I, th- I think he had a good game. I, I don't think it was a, a spectacular performance. I don't think there was many on the pitch who you know will be including that one in the highlight reels. But I, I thought Fraser stepped in and, and did a real job, particularly with the amount of change that we had to. We had to do throughout the course of the game as well. It's not one that I would pick too much fault with. Um, did Charles Dunn actually have a good game? Because he made it in a few no. team of the weeks and the only Fuck thing he didn't yeah. highlight was sliced, sliced a ball and let no. up one of the forwards in. No, yeah. he, he one of the, he's, it's bizarre because you'll go back and you'll look at games like when you're away at United and win 3-0, you beat Celtic 2-0 and he's one of the best players in the park and looks every bit like a defender who could go and step up a level, but then in between those games where he just has fucking nightmares. And to be fair, he wasn't alone in having a bit of a nightmare on Saturday. Mm. I thought the only defender that looked kind of worth a salt was Gallagher, to be honest. But no, it was some of the stuff, it was like hooking balls and they would like go directly straight up in the air. He couldn't head on the ball. He got caught out a couple of times. Be be nubbly and... I think the other guy, the big guy, Moyo, he has in the back. He's thought, I am not going to attempt to butcher his surname. But <laughs> it seemed like anyone that wanted to go at Dunn was getting by him. Yeah, there was yeah. 
Sorry, Chris. How many, how many 40 yard diagonals did they attempt? Because that's usually uh, a sight of how good it was. Not enough. He, he shanked one right at the pitch in the first half. <laughs> there was a game towards the tail end of last season when we were playing pretty pretty badly that I remember saying that like, I, I cannot believe for someone that's the age he has, that's played the amount of football he has, how nervous he looked um, and, 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 and was struggling to make kind of 10-yard passes. And he's someone that put in plenty of reasonable performances before then. And out of nowhere, that's what Saturday felt like for, for me. With, with that. I was genuinely astounded that he's been um, listed as, as man of the match in a couple of places but as um, as you were alluding to Craig I think that's probably just a symptom of, of how poor a first half that was um, so little quality on show from, from both sides to be honest in the first half um, we were unlucky not to not to snatch one entirely undeservedly Gogic putting it about 30 yards over the bar oh, from inside the uh, box nearly hit the dome um, yeah, showing that he is a centre-half that sometimes plays in midfield, that's sort of a centre-half. Um, all the finesse from him hitting free kicks and, and whatever towards the end of the season disappeared in the space of about five seconds um, as soon as he showed up in the box. But, yeah, in terms of, of halves of, of football, that was as agricultural and, and, and low on quality as I've seen. Aye, in, in for a long for time, man. For a, quite for a, a bit, time. yeah. Uh, we, um, we had no like... midfield for for the first time in a while, just not not involved. No, I get I get in and see my dad at halftime uh, every week. You know, every home game, and the two is just kind of we kind of stunned in silence for fifty minutes at how shy that was. Like it was just, yeah. it was fucking dreadful to watch from both teams, and not just us, but yeah, yeah, totally. It's the sort of thing that tends to happen when two teams that are both kind of good at similar things play each other. Like Livy are very good at seeding possession and letting other teams do their business and that has been pretty well stated that's what we're good at we're good at giving teams yeah. lots of the ball and we do the best way what we get but that was a fucking painful watch I think you, you looked at um, <coughs> Kilty getting brought on against Hibs was it um, to, to nullify Jake Doyle Hayes earlier in the season and, and it was a bit of a kind of eureka moment that that is his role with us now and, and he did it very very well I, th- I thought it was you know it was kind of unfortunate for him to get back into the Starting lineup, to, but to essentially play as a younger strike partner for the majority of of that when balls were just being shelled to the top end of the park and and he, he wasn't getting to do what it is that he does he does well it was essentially just there to press for for the majority of the of 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 his time up up that far up the pitch so not um not great not promising but. What it lacked in the first half, it absolutely made up for. In the, the second half, it had literally everything. It had Ryan Strain getting back on the pitch and lasting man five minutes. Yeah. He, he was closer to being man of the match than Dunn was, to be fair. Um, five minutes on and then down with what looked like a groin strain. And um, tried yeah. to carry on before uh, hobbling off the... I, I didn't even mean that to be a... <laughs> Um, and then hobbling off the pitch from where I sit just above the above and over from the dugout the, the look that Robinson gave Strain as he came off the off the park was like palpable as in I think he's probably told Robbo that he was good to go and then realised as soon as he was on the pitch that he that he wasn't um, but if that doesn't happen you don't get Ryan Flynn on the park and Ryan Flynn repaid the faith in an extra year's contract and won the 
in one moment. I, I, I don't know if you guys listened to Robinson's interview. I, I think it was Sportsend um, after the game where, you know, very complimentary of Flynn, not just for the ball, but also for being the one that spots that that was on. Um, big Deck winds back one of his big veiny throw-ins. Levy go man for man in their box and, and leave absolutely no one outside. Uh, they get four, but, um, four guys with their backs turned when Big Dex took the throw in. You pause yeah. it and you look at it, it's a complete... It's, you can see the goalkeeper, George, and Nicky Devlin both kind of screaming at everybody to switch on, but by the time it's yeah. by the time they have switched on, Flynn's got the ball in mid-air. I think um, the, the Terrace had made a, a good point about it when they were discussing our games. On the weekend, one of the few good points that they made about our game, um, that... When you have someone like Gallagher and who's got the, the weapon that he does of, of such long throws, it's as effective when he doesn't do it as when he does, because you're you're expecting that teams have, have noticed what we did to Celtic and our garden against that and it opens other things up. And when you've got someone like Flynn who for all he's a, a bit older, he, he maybe doesn't have 38 games and, and 90 minutes in his, his locker. As he once did, he's still a very intelligent and very capable footballer. So a, to notice that, but B, to take advantage of it and to land that cross on, on Bax's head, I thought was just fantastic. And, and so enjoyable to see it. I think he's one of these guys that when something goes right for him in the park, the crowd kind of takes them even a bit more than they would with them, with anything else. So it was just it was just great, to be honest. Very, very enjoyable. The highlights as well, because um, I'd actually heard the, the Terrace podcast before I caught up on the game fully. Um and it's quite blatant just how kind of isolated and alone Flynn is left to just pop that ball in. It's just it's easy. He's got, he's yeah. got so much time to put it in. Just like a, a good smart shout and a good a good weapon to have if it's going to get teams kind of thinking, right, okay, what's coming here? Anything that sows that we see the doubt is going to be a benefit yeah. for us over the course of the season. I think Livy tend to be quite a savvy and well-prepared team and mm-hmm. it could even just be as simple as they've prepared for that and you're not expecting Ryan Flynn to be on the park at that point. You're expecting either Strain or or potentially Fraser, maybe maybe Tate, and they'll know what those guys are good at. But Flynn is just a more you know, cute, canny, attack-minded footballer. So he's there to kind of pick up on the on the gap and to, to exploit it. And just, uh, yeah, just uh, such an amount of relief in the stadium because I think people were in that way where you're never going to be that unhappy with a bad performance because things have been going so well. But you know it was just a bit uneasy, and then that just set the set the entire place off. But um, from a from a great goal to to the highlight of my season so far, <laughs> Jonah, you and Sam from a goalkeeper's perspective, do you want to talk us through it? That would be the fucking highlight of my season. But no, nah, that was what I saved by the way, because he properly mirrors like. To the point that Carson was probably getting it anyway, but I think he had like, a couple. Fair play, like to to Younger, like probably for years we've been a wee bit too nicey nice, and sometimes you do just need to take the risk and do stuff like that because either he lets it go and the ball goes flying in the back of the net, or he takes a 50 50 chance at Livy putting a centre half who can never hit the ball straight when he was at us on the penalty. So. He took the gambling one, but by like that, that that was an unbelievable save. Didn't even try and play it off so blatantly right off his hand. Uh, Fair play to the guys just, on the Facebook pages who were saying I didn't see it hit his hand. You fucking heard them slap the ball away. <laughs> You're def- like, we're definitely coming back to that later on. I've I've, I've had a wee text from Dev. Aye, for, for a guy like for me who on Sunday I played as if I forgot to bring my hands. 
when I turned up to play Sunday football this week, I was minus mood. Big Jonah showed me how it was done. She, she just on um, Kelly hitting the penalty. He's no, is he normally their second yeah. stick? He normally hit the But she's been, been more mental. He's already he's also been on kicks and things. Yeah, it's just. It's just strange. For some reason, uh, David Martindale seems to think that Sean Kelly's like Philip Lamb. <laughs> <laughs> um, just, uh, just honking. I think um, looking back, the, the Livingston um, behind the goal camera for for that is actually really good that they put out on their on their official Twitter feed. If you've not seen it yet, to go back and watch that incident unfold. I think if you want to be generous to Younger, which I am, because I think he did the right thing, and I'm delighted that he did, and. I don't want to live in a world where he doesn't do that. The um, if you watch the, the kind of full and like phase of play, Carson goes left with the initial. Is there an initial shot block that kind of bounces back Aye. out? And a Yunga's mind, if he's he's not going to be standing watching Carson, he's facing he's Aye. facing play. He's got to assume, and I think he does, that Carson's dived and made a and made a save or dived in anticipation of making a save that's then been. Being cleared, so as far as he knows, Carson's miles out, and he's the he's the kind of last line of, of defense there. And I want guys in my team doing that. I think you, you're only doing that if you're in that proper running through a brick wall. It doesn't matter if I miss a game if the team gets three points type attitude. And I think it's just so typical of how we're how we're operating just now that I, I just don't get. It. See, for all the talk of cheating and stuff. And it was the same in Suarez did it at the World Cup for Uruguay. Unbelievable. It's I get that it's a foul, but it's why wouldn't you do that? You take your punishment, you do it, and you take your punishment, and you do it in the hope that you've changed something. I just don't see that as like dirty or anti-football or anything. I think it's kind of heroic, if I'm honest. Oh no, is it not the exact same thing that people were praising um Callum McGregor for at the weekend for siphoning down a player in the Dying yeah. is stop a, a goalward effort. It's just you would expect anyone in your team to step up and do the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm exactly a, what it is taking one for the team, and you can't take it for granted either. So, no. you know, even if you've done that, you know, with 15 minutes or 10 minutes, whatever it was left to, to go with that, with that happening, I'll take us playing with 10 men. Robinson mm-hmm. again has been very forthright, and we regularly train to play with 10 men, it's part of us being as organised as we are and sitting behind the ball. So that's something they do in training, you know, on a weekly a weekly basis. I actually thought we looked more dangerous with 10 men in the park than we did with with 11 um, because it forced Levy to come forward and, and we're just better at soaking up that that pressure. So with all the, that considered, Ayunga did absolutely the right thing. I don't care if Carson was going to cover it or not. He's got to assume that he's the only guy that can do what he can do. And, he, and, and he did it. It was a great save. Uh, even you're, if you're playing in goals and you're diving, you always kind of do expect your teammates to try and bail you out, whether they're sticking their face, their fucking feet, their body, their arms, or whatever in it. Like, just <clears throat> stop the ball going in the net. That's what you're on the pitch to do. If you're a defender in your box, stop the ball yeah. going in the net at all costs. 15 minutes with 10 men is not that much of a hardship compared to, to being a goal no. down and facing a team in the ascendancy. So I think you give yourself the, the chance and... You would like to think that Robinson had had the chat with all of them before the game and said, you know, if you can give away a penalty, go for it because it's Sean Kelly that's in it. And we'll probably be fine. Um, again, uh, one of the boys off the Amund View Livy podcast, um, Stephen, posted a, a video that he, he was filming the penalty from behind the goal. He was one of the one of the, the 200 plucky fans who made the journey up there, mate. Good on you. Um, 
exactly. And uh, he filmed the penalty, I'm, I'm assuming, because he thought it was going to be some sort of glorious comeback. Uh, and the ball ends up about a metre from <laughs> in the in the stands. It's, a, again, a beautiful thing to witness if you've not gone and found it before now. Um, celebrated that penalty, maybe more than the goal that had come before it. Like, out my seat, three seats over, all over, all over. Fuck, the uh, boy that was sitting next to us left before that as well. So you missed all the, the fun. Um, very odd. That high didn't last for that long, however, uh, because uh, Joe Nubley discovered the left foot out of absolutely nowhere and put in maybe the best cross I've seen this season for um, for Bruce Anderson. Scintillating. Mm-hmm. Nubley, maybe the, the most capable attacking header of the ball on the pitch, Bruce Anderson, a wiry short arse, and Nubley finds him from... 30 yards away and lands it on his, his face. I love Nubly so much. Lost his, his man for the goal, was it? It's Gallagher. Everybody just loses their man. Everybody just decides <laughs> to, to stop doing what we've been really good at all season and defence. It's, it's like someone's uh, switched the light on in a kitchen where you've got a cockroach problem and everyone just goes, shit, and disappears in any direction. It's like Joel Nubly's on his left foot. We're put, oh shit, it's in the six-yard box. And everyone's disappeared and bolted in a different direction but um, yeah so when that went in I was worried at the time I did think you know Livia Livia are a tricky team that they, they know how to win ugly I, I did kind of think it was coming but but fairly quickly we just did what we do we put pressure on we turned the put the, the game in the scruff of the neck like, yeah, we properly absolutely. flipped the kind of flipped the fortunes of the game considering the way the game was going we, we were still pressing high and I think if you look back to a game when we had 10 men and we ended up losing back under Robinson and the United one we went down to 10 men kind of fairly about 10 minutes to go that day Was that when Anik went off? Aye uh, we went down to 10 men with 10 minutes to go and we went into our shell a wee bit but you know such is the confidence of the way we're playing now even with 10 men you've yeah. got Everyone in the team still pressing us forward and willing us on. And for the last five minutes, like Livy were pinned in their own half. Yeah, but we're, we're just couldn't get out. We're just so good at that. Just now, it's it's so refreshing to to see. Um, we had a, I think we had a good few corners in the last um, in the last few minutes in injury time, but uh, we only we only needed to make one count, and we did. Alex Grieve, who had I think had reenacted. The, the wee boy running to meet the, the girly fancies in Love Actually in reverse and, and got to the, the ground about 30 seconds before kickoff and, and took his place on the bench. Such a composed finish. to And he's, he's, his body's totally set up to, to make that happen. That's, that's exactly who you want the ball to fall to. Uh, he's holding off a guy twice his size as well. I'm not, I can't remember if, it, again, it was a big lad, Moyo, or if it was Obelais holding off. Uh, I can't really remember what one of the two it was. I know the two of them are kind of right next to each other, but you know, they're guys twice his height, twice the build him, and he's got the strength to, to hold him off the ball, turn, swivel, and aye, as you said, man, like a, a really composed finish. He's probably the coolest guy in the stadium because a second prior, Joe Shaughnessy, he genuinely toe-bashed it. Like, I've, I've not seen a footballer have a toe bash in a while, but Big Joe has proper toe bash to try and get that in the net, and it's found its way into Graves' feet. 
and it counts as an, exist, uh, an assist for Big Hanson. This was one of the, the dafter points I thought get made on the Terrace podcast was that they were on the entire show grieve men to do it, but by the sounds of it, and to what I could see for the, the, the highlights, he knew exactly what he was doing. It's not no. as if he's going to accidentally hold off a player, is it? Yeah, nice. No, he's not actually scored. Yeah, I think um, we do need to, to give special attention to Nicky Devlin for this goal. Again, where I sit, it's just, you know, like 30. 30 yards or so from, from goal in, in the main stand um, and the, the side that Livy were attacking in the in the second half. As soon as that uh, Bruce Anderson goal goes in, Nicky Devlin's round straight into the main stand, giving it the finger on the lips, jumping up and down, going full uh, Martin Keown on Rud van Nistelrooy, dishing out the get-it-up used to, to, to everyone. I mean, some of that was aimed at Phil Clark, so fair enough. But... Aye, oh, brilliant. Then. Fucking damn team Nicky Devlin. But, but you know, some reserved for, for the rest of us as well. And it's him that loses grief for the goal. Just just absolutely I wasn't lying when I said this game had literally everything you want in a big vibesy, ridiculous three points. It just had the lot. Also had an absolute belter of save for their goalkeeper, like prior to the goal for yeah. the Tanzers free kick. Because I was convinced yeah, that brilliant. was in. Yeah, as soon as that left his foot, I was convinced that was in. And, most of it, if you're shooting that into Joe Hart, the ball's in the back of the net. So, I that was a that was a crack and save. He was actually I actually was really impressed by Levy's keeper. I think he did spend a bit of money on him. To be fair, I think it's yeah. the first time he spent a kind of considerable fee on somebody for a while, and it looks every bit worth it in the games I've seen him. Yeah, he looks a very decent goalkeeper. Um, the uh, when when the winner did go in, ended up you know a good uh, good few seats further down the road than I started. Aye. Uh, absolutely manhandling. Some uh, some some young fella in the the stands who messaged me like an hour after the game on Discord to say that he was one of our patrons. So yeah. it was nice, yeah, n- nice to give something back to one of the sound three pound lot. Um, and had to apologise for just how close I got to him. It was a uh, it was a bit it was a bit emotional. That's what um, it's all about, isn't it? it absolutely is. And uh, straight into the town for having got a. An unexpected hall pass after the Celtic game to ditch the car and go out and get absolutely rancid. Uh, within ten minutes of the final whistle, I had a text against him, just go to the pub <laughs> before I before I phoned and begged to to stay in Paisley instead of making the, the drive back to Oven. But I, I did uh, I did stay sober this time. Down to Barga, which I expected to be a bit more a bit more St. Murn fanful, but I'd be wearing and it was a fucking zoo. That was yeah, five, was, deep uh, at the, five deep at the bar again. Bad news. That's, that's what you want. I wanted the beers, but I, I, I settled for the bull. And by the time I got round, the, the folk we were meeting had said that the bull was a write-off as well. It was two fills and we were in Bargas. So got to watch people eat with some really nice scan and watch the West Ham game in a bit of pace, which isn't what I wanted when I, you know, engineered <laughs> an extra three hours in Paisley before I went home. But, um, but aye, but, th- but there we are. Um just, just so enjoyable to go to the football just now, isn't it? There's no two ways about it. Aye, it's 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 brilliant. It's just for the first time in a long time, and I'm including when we were on decent runs under Goodman. We're just far more enjoyable to watch. We're not we're not just scraping by and wins. We actually do look as if we're getting out and putting a bit of control on the games, despite having like you're coming away for games despite having like thirty percent of the ball when you're comfortably the better team because of what you've done with the 30% of the ball. 
I don't I don't actually know what the possession stats were like in Saturday, but it was it kind of it bodes well for the future as well. There was a lot of doubt kind of creeping into people's mind about mm. what we were going to do when we were the team well, that didn't have all of the ball. In their favour. Aye, like we are the kings at seeding possession. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't want to rewrite history at all. And I know, I know, there's a tendency, and I'm probably the worst for it to, to torch everything that Goodwin did before, and, and to, you know, to bum up everything that Robinson's doing. Yeah, no, he can burn in hell. <laughs> he can burn he's in man. in his van in the car park outside the Petodre for the next eight games. Um, <laughs> the uh, no, I, I think when you go back to, to even when we were on decent runs with Goodwin. I just don't ever remember feeling like we were in control of games, that, that we were deciding what was happening in games and you know it was up to other teams to you know to figure a way out to to, to do something. Whereas just now, even in a game like this where there's so much chance in it, right? You've got a striker making a, a fingertip save, you've got a left back come centre back, come holding midfielder, come polis at one point, I think, putting a penalty 10, 10 feet over the bar. Like you can't account for that, right? But it still felt like we were defining what was happening in that game. It still felt like Aye. we were well worth our goal. Levy didn't look like scoring. You know, we, we rode our luck a wee bit. They snatched something, and we then decided that we were going to punish them, and and we did. All the games that we've taken something in this season, it kind of feels like just you know just rewards for what we've done in that that game, and, and even at his best. With Goodwin, you know, there was a lot of 1-0 wins where we've snatched something. And even Robinson towards the end of last year, you know, was it Dundee where we won away with or St. Johnston with Ronan scoring? Uh, Not Ross County. No, Dundee it was. Uh, Dundee. The Wednesday night game, I, it was Robinson's yeah. first win. So it's even stuff like that, you know, like Robinson not having his own kind of team and everything at that point. But, you know, we, we relied on someone to do something entirely out of the ordinary and, and, we, and we snatched it. Just doesn't feel like that's what we're doing now. It, it just feels different. Cool. The, the last late winner, then I was saying back at the start, I couldn't remember it. That was it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the one. Last kick of the ball, wasn't it? Um, Aye, both, both, both times I've ended up in the front town and got a hold of Joe Shaughnessy. Unsuccessfully, <laughs> I might add. But... Lucky for him. Aye, um, very lucky for him. <laughs> the uh, I suppose the one negative is that uh, a Yunga now suspended for the for the weekend and, and our injury list is looking you know potentially a bit troubling. It sounds like uh, it sounds like with a younger going out we'll be able to count on Maine coming back in. Aye, good. Uh, I think as well. I kind of looked at the the pictures that went up for training the other day and strains in them on the pitch as well. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully we can get ninety minutes out of him this weekend. Or even if you're having to take him off with half an hour twenty five to go and put Tate on. It's yeah. not going to be much of a problem because we'll be defending a, a two or three nil lead at that point. So I love uh, I love Gogic three sixteen, but I do think we're better with Fraser at right centre back because he's more uh, natural position. Um, so if Strain can get fit, then I think we're we're probably a bit more prepared for what Rangers are going to throw at us. Aye, uh, Rangers are obviously playing playing great at the moment, but they're still only two points behind us. An unbelievable Celtic team in the league. They're still a good team. They're still, and I think for twenty minutes last night towards the end of the game, Rangers actually looked pretty good against Liverpool. Liverpool are one of the best teams in Europe. Yeah, they're easy, easy one of the the best, easy in the top five teams in Europe when they're at it. And for 
a good a good chunk of the game Rangers that kind of seem to go toe to toe with them. Obviously, a lot of it's kind of backs to the wall, but they've got good players. They're good at home. They play a four three three. They've got plenty of pace out wide, and they've obviously got a guy in the middle like Cholak, who I'm guessing will start. Who is on absolute fire at the moment? I think he's in nine goals already for the season. So, you know, he's 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 into double digits in all comps. But, uh, he's he's a really good player. But we'll need to be at our best to, like like we were against Celtic, we'll need to be at our best, you know, we'll need to be we'll need to be pretty organised, we'll need to make very good use of the ball when we get it. It's not going to be like the Celtic game. Rangers are probably going to have more of the ball than Celtic had against us, I would say. So they do it, Ibrox who dominate the ball, they'll put guys in the midfield like Davis and Lundstrom and Jack who can control the game. And but it's it's up to us to it's up to us to figure a way past it. And every time in games when we've had so little of the ball. Every time we've had the ball, we've looked as if we've got an idea and a plan. It's not just you're lumping it long to main like we did last year in some of the games against Rangers and Celtic and just hoping that he pins it. You're hitting the ball up to a main and a younger, and then you've got runners like Strain and Tanza and O'Hara and Bacchus running up and we look as if we've got a real purpose when we go forward. So I hope it'll be interesting to see how it goes again, like the Celtic game. I'm not expecting much. Rangers should win. Rangers should win comfortably. Such is the way it goes, but I genuinely wouldn't be shocked to see us go and pick up at least a point. I think they're they're very different. Um, they're very different teams to, to Celtic. Celtic are immovable. They they will play their brand of of football or attempt to, regardless of who they're, they're playing. You know, they try to do it to to Real when they were in town. You know, they'll they'll play it against us. They'll play it against Rangers and, and Steamroll. All of them, they do what they want, and and that fed into. How we are set up just now with a you know with a bit of good fortune with them having to make so many changes, and we capitalised on it. Rangers' strength, I think, comes from how much more versatile they are. They do what we do when they are in Europe and up against it. They go to, you know, they go to to Liverpool. They, they play Liverpool and are happy to sit back and let Liverpool do what they want, safe in the knowledge that they've got you know at least one or two out of three decent centre halves. Who are you know who are, who are capable of standing up to that? But they've got guys that can then punish if they get the chance to. So I, I think they're very good at that. They're not going to have to do that against us. Is the is the is the lucky thing for for us? I think it's exactly what you say, Sam. I think it will be a typical Rangers home performance. Though they'll, they'll have almost all of the ball, um, and we're just going to have to be savvy and, and sensible and try and pick our moments to to do something. We're going to have to stand up to to the onslaught a bit better than we have and. In previous um, in previous trips to to Glasgow, and then you know when Tavernier's standing in our six yard box, there's maybe something to exploit there by by pushing um, down and, and catching them when they're out of when they're out of shape. But it's going to be very tough, and I, I think it is very similar to the Celtic game. I'm I'm absolutely not expecting us to go in there and and do anything. I'm not fearful. I'm not scared about going to, to Ibrox, and I don't think we should be scared about going anywhere this season. We do just seem more solid. I'm looking forward to seeing what the score is. I don't often feel like that, particularly when we're away against either of the either of the Glasgow teams. So as what it is, we, we could just as easily win one 0 as we could get turned over by by a couple. Um as what it is, but we'll give it a right good go regardless of, of who's fit and who's not. Um you know, I'm more than happy. Um, I wouldn't say fearful at all, I think, before the Celtic game. I think we all were to an extent, but I was maybe a wee bit pessimistic in the lead up to it, thinking if we get away with anything less than a tank and it's a result. But 
Saturday is going to be whatever game Saturday turns out to be. It could be one of the the times that Rangers turn up, turn it on, put up performance, and and put several passes. But yeah, with the way things have gone this season, if we turn up and just take the approach we have into every game this season into the one against Rangers, then who knows? Yeah, I'd be ecstatic yeah. at a point, but. I think the one thing Rangers have got over Celtic is they're not going to be starting a midfield of Aaron Moy and David Turnbull together, so automatically yeah. a point in Rangers' favour. Yeah, I think that, and you take a young guy who I think is the guy that makes us click going forward. He's 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 the calm head, you know. Maine Maine has been excellent. Um, I'm I'm certainly not going back on on that now, um, and then does such an important role for us. But a young guy is the composure. And, and the quality up front, you know, Maine is, is such a nuisance, but you're wanting the ball to drop to a younger 30 yards from goal. He's the guy that's going to be able to take it down and whip a ball around to strain or whoever, or, or Tancer on the overlap or whoever it is. That's not necessarily Maine's, Maine's game, so we'll need to see what we can do to, to make up for that. Do you think he'll go with Kilty again as... No. Is that kind of ten binder, or do you think Grieve might get the corner? I think I think you'll go be Grieve and try and go two on two at the back. I, I don't I don't see his playing. I don't see his trying to kind of persist with a, a number ten in a game that he's not really going to do much, is he? He's going to be feeding off yeah. the scraps he main, and the likelihood is is that Goldson Goldson will start, and then whoever it is out of King or Davis, who it is that starts at left centre half. They're probably going to be quicker to react, quicker to react to anything that Goldson wins than Kilty is. So, yeah, yeah I, I think I think we'll go with two on two and kind of try and put a wee bit of pressure on him because for as good as Goldson is, he's quite prone to make the mistake. And if he's got a bit of pressure for a guy like Maine, then it does it give leave space for Grieve to run in behind him even when Maine's occupying defenders. So, I, I, I personally, I'd rather go with Grieve than Kilty, but it, it's. The way we're set up, I don't think we're really giving anything up by having two up front. We're still going to have three in the midfield. We're going to have five defenders on the pitch at all times as well. So I don't think it's much of a loss giving up Greg Kilty to put Alex Grieve back in so we can give ourselves a wee bit more up top. I think so. I'm, I'm, one thing I'm really keen to see if, if Strain can, can get fit and get on from the start is Strain up against Barisic. Aye. I think Barisic is the... He's played in a Europa final and all that, right? I'm not. I'm not going to say that he's a shit he's footballer. He's a good player, but as a weak link, he's 100. Yeah. percent I think if you look at that, yeah, if you look at that Rangers setup, he's the one that I think can be got at. And even if even if you posted main, kind of whenever Barisic is having to play more defensive, I think you post someone like Main against him, and you'll give him a torrid thing. I wouldn't post Curtis Main on Barisic. I remember there was a game that Curtis Main played against Rangers and he went chest height with his stud shown on Barisic and never get sent off. Oh, so, but to be fair though, that's that's Derek McInnes's Curtis Main. Yeah, Not geez. the sexy Stephen Robinson submarine edition of Curtis Main. Not a uh, Steeros uh, Curtis <laughs> Main to, to, quote, to yeah. quote Tony Black in the most objectionable Facebook post I think I've ever seen. Um, yeah, so I, th- I think we've got potentially a lot to, to look forward to. We've got a lot less to be fearful about heading into to this one. Um, perhaps the most worrying thing about Saturday is the commentary team that's been assembled to, to go through there. How are you feeling, Sam? Uh, <clears throat> I actually said, uh, I speak to a couple of people, but I'm a wee bit nervous. Uh, I think it's 
different to the different to the Hibs game. I think the Hibs game was kind of we didn't have much time to think about it. For the Hibs game, we obviously got asked on the was it the Friday? Yeah, we did. We got asked on the the Friday morning. Yeah. So it was kind of no forced upon us. We obviously wanted to do it, and it was kind of I didn't really have much time to think about it. But I think having to do our own prep this time round and. You're having to kind of spend half an hour here and there to go through and look at the, look at the team, look up stats and all that. And I don't, again, you're playing it to a huge audience this time. You know, there's going to be people who are going to be watching on streaming sites and it will probably direct them onto the certain TV channel because it's easier to access and, than the Rangers one because you're more likely to get blocked with the Rangers one. So there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of people watching that. I mean, I'm sure it'll be absolutely fine. I'm sure Andrew will be absolutely fine. You know, once you get on there, you don't really think about it. Usually, experience it the next few weeks. It's it's a lot of fun, but I, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to being next to TV Tom commentator as well. Hear his singing voice. I'm going to try and get a picture with him. My my mate Billy's asked if I can if I if an opportunity Please. to get a picture Please. with him. I will. So yeah, don't worry, I'll get that, and we'll make it the the picture for the podcast next week. Does anybody actually see what Tom commentator looks like? Because it just like the the bank saves got Looks like grew with a baldy, a proper like skinhead, and he's the same shape as well. He's a mixture of grew and like Hugh Kevens and uh, McGill's bus driver. Just imagine all three of them. Just and Hornswoggle. I have this like feeling that he's five foot one, but I reckon I'm going to be shocked and see that he's like six <laughs> foot two. He's <laughs> six eight. <laughs> <laughs> played basketball in college. Thing is, I dash you to describe Tom commentator and no Paul the Tim. <laughs> Paul the Tim and Tom the commentator are at two ends of a, a frankly horrifying spectrum. Aye, it's a. Uh... Uh, Paul the Tim's a, a very strange guy <laughs> questionable questionable beliefs so it's Tom the commentator uh, so well Tom, Tom commentator as well but uh, I just obviously there's, there's been rumours me and Andrew won't be singing the the British anthem before the game <laughs> like Tom commentator did on the mic so if, um, if you can I would like you to shout so loudly at one point that you're picked up on Tom the commentator's mic on the official Rangers commentary as well. Ali I'm really hoping you. there's an opportunity that Alan McGregor makes an ass or something and I can shout, what's the goalie doing? That's that's actually on my notes. I've, I've got that on my... Eyeball, eyeball Thomas, the commentator, as it's happening, and scream, what's the goalie doing, Tom? Yeah, it'll be him and that <laughs> football encyclopedia, Kevin Thompson... Talking about Le- how Kevin Thompson coached Leon King in the under twenties, probably for ninety minutes. Do you know that, by the way, coach Leon King? I didn't. I didn't realize he was a football a football coach. No, he never ever mentioned that he was a coach and coached the Rangers twenties. Quick um, shout out to Kevin Thompson for burying a slab of red stripe before he went on and did commentary last night. I guess Liverpool. <laughs> Jesus. He wasn't. He wasn't great. He really. He really wasn't great at all. Actually. It, the, He's a guy that doesn't really bother me too much, actually. No, no, not at all. I think he's a, a good speaker, but I think he, I think he was on the, the Edinburgh Loyal. Yeah. Uh, you know the bit in, um, you know the bit in Through the Wire by Kanye West where he tries to rap like what he sounded like when his jaw was wired shut. He kind of spoke like that. <laughs> oh yeah, it's really, uh, it's really impressive the way that Leon King, who I coached by the way, is currently bringing the ball forward. I'm really proud of him. Yeah. Is essentially what he sounded like for the entirety of the 
Aye. of last night's no. commentary. Um, <laughs> from a Simon perspective, still a, a couple more things to, to cover, I think, before we go. We did talk about the academy and, and you know the, the kind of growing noise that there was about some changes that's carried on into, into this week. I don't necessarily think it points to some giant impending meltdown or conspiracy, but no. it would be, it'd be amiss not to mention that all that's getting talked about and in the last the last week you've seen someone step down from the from the board. You've seen the chairman of the Smizer board step down and then it's been confirmed, I think, that, that at least one of the, the staff members at the academies um, taken redundancy and, and moved on, depending on, on who you listen to. I think there is enough enough movement there that it's it's something that should be kept an eye on. Um, and I suppose it'll all come out in the wash at some point. Uh, yeah. We do know there's obviously change going on behind the scenes and it's it's worrying maybe from the outside, from kind of looking and you can see why, but you need to bear in mind as well whatever's going on, all the stuff that goes about on, on Twitter and like a pine ballroom, maybe black and white army to an extent, maybe partially grounded in truth. Some rumours that come out can be total, total nonsense and some do have kind of grounding in reality. And you've got to imagine the truth itself is probably maybe not quite in the middle, but definitely somewhere in between. Maybe it was back you made out to be, but I when, when it comes out, as it always does, hopefully it kind of steers towards the, the lighter side and it's not all doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. But one thing that Aye. I don't think is a big deal is Dean Linus being let go. I mean, it's probably no. the right thing, regardless of whether it's to do with finance finances or not. You know, the third choice keeper, probably on a pretty yeah. high wage. He's, he's not got arms anymore. He's never going to break back in, is he? So, I, I, think, I think a lot of the speculation, especially the kind of poster, the guy Glenn on Black Might Army who's put the thread in, you know, Glenn, I think allegedly, I don't think there's any allegedly, but it is probably Stuart Gilmore or one of his pals. I think a lot of the stuff is kind of, it's just there's people who are determined that Vincent Mirren are doing well, that they've just got to be the bearers of bad news and they've just got to, they can't handle like anything going well on the park. So there's kind of constant negativity. And as we've said, like, I, you've, you kind of can't rule out the fact that there is stuff that could be happening, you know. Obviously, it's pretty common knowledge that a couple of academy people have left, but fucking bore off, man. Like, if your job is to just be negative about the team you allegedly care about, fucking have a day off, man. I think there's a there's a balance to find here. I think it's possible for things to be happening that aren't ideal and for you know, decisions to be made that we don't agree with. It doesn't have to point to some massive club ending conspiracy. Um, for, for me, from from what I can see from the, from the academy side of things, and and from what from what you hear, I think there is something going on there that I don't, you know, I don't think is positive. I think we do need to be very wary that in the pursuit of short-term short-term cuts or an attempt to recover um, you know, some kind of short-term losses that that were throwing away something which really should be the kind of jewel in the crown. As far as I'm concerned, we're, we're so well-positioned in terms of facilities, we're so well-positioned geographically and in terms of the staff that we've got and the reputation that we carry to, to really pick up that kind of central belt mantle of, of good young footballers coming through that, that Motherwell have had a bit of a monopoly on Kenny McLean and uh, you know Lewis Morgan and, and John McGinnis side over the last you know last 10-15 years I, we're so well placed to capitalise on that people bring their kids to play for St Murn and I think 
the, the more stuff comes out, rightly or wrongly, that, that puts any kind of spin or doubt on that and, and account, you know, that some of the rumours getting thrown about from Superman fans as well, you're damaging things. Pa- parents are, are going to read stuff, kids are going to read stuff and, and talk about it. So the amount of stuff that you talk about without naming your sources or providing evidence or, or without a basis, it's harmful. You might think you're just getting the interest of the club in heart, but if you throw that about without basis... Uh, you are damaging, but I think there is also something to be aware of on the other side of that. But it would be, it would, I would really, I would, it would be really sad to see the academy carry the can for, for you know, kind of mistakes or you know, kind of errors or negative impacts in other parts of the the club. I just, I just don't think it should be seen as the kind of, you know, the the, the leftover pot that you can take from to to try and bulk up what's on everyone else's plate. It just doesn't feel. Like that, and to be honest, I trust the club to sort that out. I don't, I don't have this mad fear that the club has been driven into the ground, and we're, you know, we're all going to be watching Broomhill next season. Like it's just, oh. not, it's just, it's just not that. I, I think that can be true with the academy, and it doesn't necessarily mean that the, the kibble are, you know, kind of killing club staff and selling them. Why didn't they take over St Mirren and use the stadium as a warehouse? Yeah, I just, I just. This is being a vampire. I just, I just don't buy some of the panic, and and I think that's why people who bring it up on you know your forums and whatever else get ridiculed because you can make valid points about this and about that, and you can talk about how you know there's questions about finance, and then someone off the board who's got that kind of reputation as as having that that remit, he leaves. Obviously, there's a question about that, and I think we will oh. get an answer to it. It doesn't mean that in conjunction with the fact that we let go our third-choice goalkeeper that we're now in dire straits. And the amount of people who seem to be talking about a scary debt figure who don't seem to understand that the COVID loan that we took, which was the ninth lowest COVID loan in the top flight, is debt. Mm-hmm. But it's like on favourable terms and serviced over a very long period. Not just years. The, the lack of... Just the lack of common sense... And kind of moderate response to things is just such a, it's such an error. And I think that's where things which are maybe have a bit of validity to them, like the academy stuff that we've been talking about, just gets lost in the noise because you're losing your nut about everything else. Um, I don't know. I think people need to be wary. They need to be vigilant, but you also need to calm the fuck down. Just the amount of nonsense getting thrown about where we're sitting third in the table is just wild. It's just chill it man come off it enjoy the football I know I know I don't I don't get it but but maybe that's why we're all just sitting here talking shit and other people like Glenn are logging into one of their two black and white army accounts Um, but you know there we go Um, bang bang yeah all that being said you know in in the spirit of talking shit on uh, online that brings us to to shite takes of the week, and uh, I'm just being passed there. <laughs> if, if that wasn't if that wasn't enough shite takes for you over the last forty odd minutes, then strap in because it's been a, a bumper week for people talking complete bollocks. <sighs> I'll uh, I'll start with uh, someone shared Joe Sked's excellent article. I thought about uh, about someone being the team to the team to notice this season. We'd stop short of thanking him for writing about someone as if it wasn't his job to write about Scottish football clubs, but um was a was a good article. 
Top comment on Facebook, Jonathan Donaldson. Great, jinx this before Rangers. Plus, it's only eight games in. What's the hype? It's our best start for 63 years. Aye. I think we're allowed to be excited about that. Oh, I tend to lean on the shite take side of things here just purely for the fact that it, it makes me very nervous when people are praising St Martin and saying loads of good things yeah. about us because we have all read this story before. Yeah. I think that's fair, but it doesn't mean you can't hype this up. Aye, this, of is course, a, of this is absolutely hypeable. Five this wins in eight nice. games. It's, it's not as if we can turn around and say, Shh, don't tell anyone we're actually quite good. I mean, this is as good as it gets. If you don't enjoy it now, when are you going to enjoy it? What is the point? I just... There was a guy, I think, I, I, not 100% sure, I think it was kind of in one of them said that like the reason people stopped going to watch St. Martin is because they kept selling players. Like, no, it's not. The reason people stopped going to watch St. Martin is because they were shite, not because they sold players. Like people stopped going to watch St. Martin in the 90s because they were fucking 11 guys that looked as if they were playing hungover on a Sunday. Like, uh, like I just, there's people that are just, that just love being negative. That just absolutely love any, kind of any way they can be negative about St. Martin at all. Yeah. I don't care. And I'm about to, and I'm about to give you tens more of them. Um, <laughs> Some of these ones, there's so many in volume that I just don't even need to give names. But <laughs> post on a uh, post on the, the F, someone FC fans Facebook page about a younger's like full stretch save <laughs> with his right hand, and folk comment saying if anyone saw his hand hit the ball, fine. I'm not saying it didn't, but from TV footage, it looked like his head. If there was better footage available, you know, like the HD video that's been screenshotted where he's got his full hand around the ball at like Michael Jordan in Space Jam. But um, pundits are maybe saying what they can't see. Maybe an appeal is worthwhile. Les, it's not. Uh, Fiona McCauley thinks it hit his face and the TV angle isn't right. What would VAR say? VAR would say that it's a handball because he VAR put his full hand him on the ball. More. Aye. Oh, just... I mean, he lies face down for 10 seconds and lets the red card come off. <laughs> you don't think if you dived full stretch and headed, headed it away? He'd have been in the net if he headed it. <laughs> Took his head off. Absolutely incredible. Um, At least protested it instead of laughing into the turf. Um, special shout out for the, the wee guy in the red zipper that jumps on the pitch at the after the winner and gets choked by uh, Ethan Erehood. <laughs> held at arm's length. Great call. Uh, Dean Linus's uh, leaving announcement from the official Facebook page. Touching comment from John Adams. Well sad, but two wishing him all the best. <laughs> two I-S-H I-N-G Tushing. Tushing him all the best. <laughs> Uh, post with uh, Robinson's interview after the game John McCabe I still think it's too early for me to say I was wrong about him but we are third in the table after eight games Fuck. are people still still like getting on about how they yeah. fucking don't like Stephen Robinson yeah yeah apparently uh, my personal favourite shite take this week Kira Lochran on the Facebook page Having a go at Nick Walsh. Uh, or who was the referee at the it wasn't Welsh, that's who it is at Ibrox. Uh, Craig Napier. Craig Napier. 
the guy was so small, he couldn't even see anything over the Levy players' heads. He just saw them in the ground and assumed they were fouls. <laughs> that's, if that's sincere, that is the, the worst oh, take I've seen on Facebook that season. I think Hard has been on the shite takes, but a couple of times old Georgie yeah. boy and right, his right. takes, he, he's got a he's got a few shockers in his locker, but that's the fucking worst one I've ever heard. If that's the case, it's good to see it run the It's quite a good point that it's a, a key piece of kit missing from the referee's belt. They started off with the, the cans Stokes. for three picks and now they need stouts and stoves. Yeah. So I actually thought he was a, I actually thought he was a good referee. Yeah, I don't think he did. I thought I mean I think Livy are a bit of a gang. I think they played pretty pretty rough at well, but they got hold up for it. I don't I didn't see oh. that much wrong. Although if people think that John Ayunga had had a diving header off the line, then maybe maybe you're an well, referee. Although oh. how he was able to give that red card when he was shorter than the fifteen guys in the box in front of him. I just don't know. <laughs> We're maybe needing to get one of those tennis umpire chairs to just sit on the halfway line. Oh, um, that, that, that. Letting our pay be carried for that. That is the worst take I've ever heard. I'm, I'm holding out hope that it was a piss take. And if it was, Kira, please let us know. It was. Um, but I don't think it was. Uh, John McKenzie on the, the official Sitman page as well after the lineup came out with uh, Curtis May not even in the squad. Main over Kilty for me, nothing against Greg. As if we'd decided to take out our second best player, a six foot front man, and play a five foot seven short ass who couldn't even see over the referee's head. Anyway. Um, <laughs> another another special shout out for the guy called Irish Bahoy on Pie and Bovro. Who's so, I, I went like that. What is this guy's deal? I went back a bit and I found out so this guy originally like supported Celtic I think when he joined the forum and I think for, for whatever reason started going to St Mirren games right and then ended up becoming a St Mirren fan is it my pie and bobble account <laughs> I, 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 I was convinced this guy was here for a while but, uh, I, I think that's the sort of route yeah. this guy's taking like fair play like at some point he's realised that he made a he made a wrong choice but make a new pie and bobble yeah. account man Fucking hell. Uh, a reappearance in the shite takes of the week from Posbeard for maybe the worst bit of pattern I've ever seen. Um, what is this, any of his posts? Yeah, yeah, it's, I've, I've just got every post he's made for the last six months and I'm going to read them out in order. No, um, someone asked if there were Sunderland fans at the games because there was a Bilbao flag. Um, also, before I say this, Shout out for the shite takes of the week for anyone that says Atletico Bobao. It's Atletico Bobao and it's Atletico Madrid. I mean, Aye. read a fucking book. Anyway, um, Atletico Bobao fans, the flag you describe is the Basque flag. So Posbeard replied to that with the razor sharp bit of patter. Ah, now for my next question. Any idea what a bunch of complete and utter Basques were doing at the Dinky Dome? Are they here to see the mighty Mirren? I just hate every word in that awful awful data yeah just the, the dinky dome I just who's told this I don't, by the way I don't doubt this guy could be like a nice guy like, yeah yeah no doubt no doubt and, and to be fair like, there's wankers that post in that forum like 
Like, guys and gally man. Aye, like that guy's in gally man who drinks fucking paint thinner and then posts like that guy's that guy drinks pints of methylated spirits before he posts. But like, I Posbeard seems like a likable guy, but he's part as fucking hotching man. Just retire, dinky don't please. And also the mighty Marin's bad. Just feedy dome, feedy dome as well is another one that's. Yeah. I'm sure he said at one point, but it's it's dreadful par. At a stretch, I will accept the methadone. That's that's. I think that's okay. It's shit, but it's funny. Like, or the San Gyro, you know, like they're they're okay. I'll, I'll take them. Yeah, in terms of. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's, that's what it's uh, called. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. The Scran Zero. I mean, that's good patho. I've never heard that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's fine. I'll take that. But I'm not having dinky though. That, that, that's that's going in the bin. Uh, yeah, just all oh, it's thinking power. T P A F K A Jersey two just rolls off the tongue. What has happened to Olasanya? Wiki says he's still our player. I know he's shy, but are we still wasting a wage on him or is he gone? He broke his foot. Fuck me. Did they not need an operation? Yeah, he broke his foot like six weeks ago. What's I think he's just started being able to walk again. But uh, what's, what's the damage? Any, sure anytime that anyone... Posters, that poster's just gave away his Wi-Fi password as well. <laughs> 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 it's his password for everything. Online banking a lot. Um... Yeah, and, and we'll save um, we'll save final place in the shite takes of the week this much this uh, this week for partly for the first tweet and secondly for absolutely doubling down on that shite tweet once you're called out on it. Pie and Bovro, step up and play pie e Bovro for uh, not knocking the fans that have come, but that's a shameful away support in the top flight. I mean, which absolutely is knocking the fans that have come. Aye. Just because you say it's not doesn't mean that it's not. It definitely and is. Probably the best part of it was our friends at the Almond Vale, at the Almond View podcast, absolutely fucking tearing into him. Saying, <laughs> please tweet about the NA again. <laughs> he hasn't. He hasn't tweeted in the last six days, and had and not had a reply to that tweet saying shut up and talk about the NA, which I've got so much time for. I've, <sighs> like I've got no personal. You know, I can't speak for everyone else, but I've got no personal beef with the, uh, you know, like I, I think he talks about shy, but I think anyone with a hundred thousand top followers, they just started out talking about Scott. Exactly, it's going to I talk about like, shy. I, I, like, I don't really have a personal issue with me. I just think he's a bit of a wank when he's tweeting stuff like that. Like, that's anybody in Ross put it in Twitter. And it was it was a hundred percent right. Anyone in this day and age who's going to a game of football and spending. I don't like. I don't know how much Slivy are paying for their buses. I'm guessing it'll kind of be similar to what we pay when we go for this. You're paying eight or ten quid on your bus. If not, you're having to get. I think obviously the trains were off, so I think you were having to get a bus from Livingston into Glasgow and a bus into Paisley if you were doing yeah. for the public transport, which it's not going to be cheap either. That's it's going to it's going to cost you a decent bit, and obviously you're paying for your day outs, you're paying for food, drink, like just fucking lay off them a bit and. Really, in percentage of what their support is, what is that like twenty percent of their their home crowd? Yeah, aye, aye. It's about, ever, about the same as we take away. Ever, ever aye. So we we probably take I'm, less than twenty percent. So. I'm, I'm the same. It's it's a 
it's probably quite a similar journey for me as it is for Livingston fans if I'm coming for Alloa. Obviously, I couldn't make the game on Saturday anyway because I was at another one, but if I wouldn't have had use of the car at the weekend. For me, that would have been a, a bus. You know, the trains were off, so probably a taxi at the other end. That's an expensive day, even when my ticket's already paid for or my season ticket. So yeah. I just slagging off, I think, even if the initial point wasn't really, it wasn't the nature of how it was intended, I think it's pretty poor. I used to, I used to kind of cringe being totally totally hypocritical here, but I used to cringe at all the when the announcer reads out well done to the two hundred and eight Livingston fans today who made the journey. And now I think that's just probably quite a good thing that folk are actually still right. prioritizing the football when there's much yeah. more going on in the world and it is a very expensive day out. I think it's there's, just a there's two sensitive tweet to a really big platform that it yeah. should just think a wee bit more when he's tweeting stuff. Yeah. yeah I, th- I think there's two parts of it that, that I took a bit of issue with one is the is the clarification. It's absolutely fine to take the piss out of a, of other fans, and it's fine to take the piss out of a a small crowd. You know, like I, I put up some piss joke at the weekend about how it was right that we cut Livingston's allocation allocation to one stand. Right, it's absolutely fine to take the piss. That's what we're all here to do. But calling another away support shameful isn't isn't taking the piss, or at least it doesn't look like it's taking the piss. It's it's calling out an entire fan base to your 100,000 followers for a pylon for for not bothering their arse to show up and I just don't feel like that's the case I think if I think if you go back and look at some of the stuff that the, the guys from from Amantrew had said in return they're paisley but on a you know on a, on a smaller scale their their town's small it's a new town with a, a new football club the football club's 30 years old so you've, already got, years old, eh? yeah, so you've already got guys that live in, you know, if, if, if Livingston's the East Cobride of Edinburgh, I mean, it's just a commuter town outside of the, the city, then you've got guys who are already Hearts fans, already Hibs fans, and even Edinburgh's got the Rangers and Celtic problem where a healthy percentage of your city already wants to go and follow that. So there's four clubs there on your doorstep who, who bastardise the entire football supporting population that you could take from. So... I've certainly been guilty of it in the past, and this isn't a, a dig specific to to Pine Ball or anything like it. But I just, I, I just mean in general, the, the time to take the piss out of the, the time to have an actual goal for small clubs and, and all that kind of stuff. I think it's kind of gone. I think the world's changed. The cost of living and everything else is is such that it just kind of has to be respected that people are still getting up and and going. People are going to sit in a nine hundred home crowd at Livy games and are still willing to go you know an hour down the road and watch them watch them away that's not the fault of anyone that's there and to be honest it's not the fault of anyone that's a Libby fan that didn't fancy coming through either and, and I just I just think we need to, to kind of drop that that attitude at this point and it, you know part of that's on me as well I, I've certainly been guilty of it in the past and aye. it probably does make me think twice about having an actual dig about that kind of stuff we, I mean we used to do it with Hamilton aye. for example some of our fans have a cheap corner of a Diddy club when they're in a Diddy club that smacked their arses about Hamden and have smacked their arses in league places every single year since we've come up and look every single bit a bit a far better team than we have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and and I, I think we, we did do it with Ackies. We, we talked about how we wanted Ackies out of the league. And you know, truth be told, I'd rather Livingston and their shite pitch weren't in the top flight, but they're better than us. Ackies weren't as good as us and seemed to hold on. I think you know it's a slightly different dynamic. Livingston have got every right to to step up and play on whatever pitch they want to with the level of fan base that they've they've got. Because despite having all of that and despite having that level of money coming in, they followed us up that season and they've 
been better than us every year since. So it's the it's the right. If anything, we should be slightly jealous of of Livingston Absolutely. and and their fans for getting to enjoy what they've enjoyed over the last four years when we've we've failed to, to capitalise on it. So I think that's there. And and the second half of that is once you get called out on it, don't don't double down, but also don't turn it into oh you can't even tweet about crowds. And I think he, I think the thing he put up after was like must not tweet about crowds, must not. You can talk about crowds all you want. It's a shit crowd. You can have a laugh about it, but just dragging it all up is shameful and, and sending it out. Anything you tweet when you've got 100,000 followers, you are trying to draw attention to it to get people to, you know, to, to lump on it. It's just it's just the nature of it. And even if you don't intend that, that's that's what's going to happen. So The best reply was the guy who said, I don't think he knows what the M8 is. Does he think it's just this big escalator between Edinburgh <laughs> and the <Finney? laughs> <laughs> You know, I think, um, you know, to, to being generous, I think he's probably not meant it to be as disrespectful as it is, but he's been clamped and what I think was probably going to be the result of what he tweeted ended up being completely reversed. And I just think that's, you know... And you some, with, tweeted him, some of that tweeted him maybe took it a bit too far. So yeah. yeah, I think you play with feathers, you get your ass tackled. That's, <laughs> it's, just, it's just the way it is. And... Um, Probably the less uh, the less said about it, the better. Aye, but just just one of those things that, that has to be acknowledged, I guess. There we are. We got to the end of of another week. We got to the end of another Jamie Ellis podcast. I think Jamie's back by the time we we roll up once more. But um, uh, I will be. I think he's is he not back? He's back already, isn't he? Is he just back? But just jet lagged after drinking his way around think- the double IPAs of of Italy from one end to the other. Um, so you, you won't have to put up with quite as much of my voice um, next time. But we are getting close to the social event of the of the calendar year, Misery Hunters Live, which you sexy, sexy people have sold out. Which I, I can't quite believe. If I'm honest, I've, I've genuinely been a been a bit. You know, we've not sold out the Hydro or anything, but genuinely been a bit buzzing since that happened. It just feels a bit crazy to me that people are willing to stick up a bit of money to hear us talk shit. Never gets old. So, um, thank you to the, the people that did buy a ticket. Thank you to the hundreds, literal hundreds of people who've DM'd me trying to score tickets to it since the <laughs> since the, the sellout got announced. Um, and I'm just really looking forward to it now. I'm, I'm looking forward Aye, to putting up confirmation from from the man himself, from the from the social media department at Paisley Craft Beer Co. that they're going to have Dasis Technosex on draft on the night, which I'm now expecting the place to be cured around the corner because that is Aye. the best beer. I'm going to have my heat underneath that, I think, at some point. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, this could potentially be the drunkest the drunkest event in Misery Hunter's history. Aye, especially, because, aye, especially <laughs> because we have an hour and 45 minutes before people turn up, so... Uh, if you want to was, uh, beforehand, join us. Talking to another one of our patrons and someone who is attending at the at the weekend, um, Graham, about about what we were doing and saying that we'd very deliberately left an hour and forty five cushion before we started to let folk in because we needed to get as canned as possible in that time in order to to be able to to talk for for that long in person. So. Yeah, I'm um, I'm properly psyched up for it. 
But uh, yeah, I think uh, as always, there's merch on our website. I think it's miseryhunters.co.uk. There might be a hyphen in there. It's on our Twitter account. You can join our Patreon. It costs three mm-hmm. quid and you get hundreds of stuff for it. Anyone anyone else want to, to pitch anything? It's going by Craft Beer from Jamie at Craft Beer Co. Uh, I can't think of anything. Stop DMing us for tickets. They're sold out. Release another batch if you're lucky. If it, here, here's a slight call. If anyone wants to put forward the strangest uh, quiz or you know kind of raffle or giveaway prize that you can think of, if anyone has something genuinely mental and even slightly someone related that they want to hand us to give away as a, a quiz prize, then by all means wade into our DMs and and hand it over. And if uh, if you do spend your three quid to join the Patreon, then shortly after this podcast, you're going to have a, a chat about some of the signings that never that never happened between the three of us sitting on there, which um, which I'm looking forward to. I think last week was a really good chat about international, so so that should be good fun. But uh, until then, fuck Alex Ray. Fuck Len from the Black and White Army. Aye, fuck, aye, fuck Glenn big time, actually. Aye. Glenn's a prick of the week. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.